now, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Hi there, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Whole Home Show. I'm Tony Joe, your host here every week. We bring you tips, education, and updates on home-related matters. Whether you are in the real estate market or maybe you're not, you're just enjoying your home, you're looking for decorating or improvement ideas, this is always a great place to be. Our show comes to you every week with the support of our show partners, Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Center's Modern Mortgage Group, J.P. Sellas, insurance advisor at Westland Insurance, the Sitka Law Group for your real estate, wills and estates, corporate and personal injury needs, and Silhouette Home Inspections with Pierre Beauvais. If you need help or direction in your real estate transaction or anything around your home, give any of the whole home show team members a call. They would love to hear from you. You can find their contact information and mine by visiting cfax1070.com. Look under shows. There you'll find us, the whole home show with me, Tony Joe. All of our contact information is there. Or just reach out to me. I love hearing from our listeners every week. I'd be happy to connect you. It's been my privilege uh, being your host here every week for the last five years. I have been selling real estate here in Greater Victoria since 1991. I've handled many, many, many hundreds of transactions here in our beautiful city. Proud to be ranked as one of the top agents at REMAX in Western Canada. I'd be pleased to help you as well, too. So if you're looking for some advice, direction, uh, you're thinking about making a move but don't know how, don't know what the next steps are, reach out to me. Be happy to chat with you. Today, it is my privilege to have on our program the president of the Victoria Real Estate Board, Karen Denny smythe She'll be chatting with us about what the Victoria Real Estate Board is what the services uh, they provide and who they provide them to, along with other things such as regulations and bylaws, talking about statistics and data, and how forecasts are made uh, in addition to who receives real estate board information. You might be surprised. It's going to be a great conversation. She is a very long time uh, colleague and good friend of mine. We were both licensed together way back when in the old days. Looking forward to this chat. As always, we start off our conversation today by Timely Matters, talking about things happening out there in the marketplace uh, or issues or things brought forward by you, our listeners. And you and if you have something that you want to chat about, uh, please don't be shy. Reach out to me. Let me know your thoughts. Let me know if you need more information on anything. And quite often, we bring these things forward uh, to this segment of our program on a weekly basis. Today, I do want to talk about something that came up with a file that we had our eyes on. It is the question of permits or no permits. Uh, sure, there are new properties out there in the marketplace, you know, newly constructed newly constructed homes, townhouses, condos, and all that. The majority of properties in Greater Victoria are older homes. There was a building boom in the 1950s. We saw a lot of them, 1970s as well, too. And of course, over the years, homeowners decide to do things. They modify their home, uh, making it more comfortable for them in whatever uh, means. That could mean adding a bathroom. It could mean adding some square footage. It could mean uh, converting a room from one use to another. But the question arises, what happens if these, up these upgrades do not have permits? All right, folks. Well, let's just put it to you this way. It is always best for any work in a house to be permitted. Right. This is especially important when it comes to things like I said, adding square footage to a house. If there's an extension to the house, a permit actually is required. And one of the reasons for that is 
that uh, as a buyer, you want to make sure that the addition does not encroach on a you know property line or a right of way or an easement or some of these other things uh, illegally. Because if it does, there's a possibility that it may need to come down if BC Hydro or if the municipality or, or whoever has the uh, easement on it needs to do some work. So that is crucially important. Um, I think many of our listeners here will know because you may have bumped into this before. It happens often where work at a house has not been permitted. You know, perhaps uh, a kitchen renovation or upgrade or the addition of a kitchen in the house or another bathroom or whatever. Uh, it is common that permits aren't there. Now, why is that? Well, sometimes people are saving money, honestly. Uh, it's not to say that they didn't use an actual certified or licensed contractor to do the work. Um, there seems to be a point in time where people just didn't go to the municipality to get permits. They didn't want to pay the extra fees or dues or whatever. I've heard people say, well, I don't want that record on my uh, BC assessment because it's going to mean I pay more taxes, which is actually true. Um, but we do see things like that. Does that mean that the house is unsaleable? if it is missing such permit? Um, and the answer in general there is no. Now, remember, I just said at the start, always best to have a permit. What we did see though, when the market was hyper busy, like it was last year and you know the time before that, remember we had multiple offers, we had bidding wars, we had people falling over each other trying to get a house. Things like missing permits did not matter because all people wanted was the house. Now, if we flip the market, and many of us remember times when the market was not that busy, when it's a buyer's market, where there's a lot of competition out there for inventory, where, where buyers have choices, then it becomes crucially important to have permits and documentation in place. So quite often it is market driven. Uh, so basically hot seller's market, kind of didn't matter. Uh, buyer's market, it will matter because buyers are looking for basically any shortfall uh, or, or any um, uh, issue to the house that may be at their advantage, either negotiation wise or to go find another property. So my tip for you folks is this. If you're in the home and you have no you have no thought about moving anytime in the near future, but you know that you have something in your home that needed or required a permit, do yourself a favor and go through the process now. Reach out to your municipality and you know ask what the process is, what is necessary. Um, get those things done now when you're not thinking of selling. Because you know what happens every once in a while when it becomes an issue. When that buyer's got an offer on your place and they go, oh, hold on a second, you don't have a permit for that bathroom, to scramble and to try to get that done when the deal is underway is not only a very stressful moment, but it just may not be difficult and it may, it may not be possible at that very last minute. So get these things done and out of the way uh, while you can in a timely manner. It may mean having to upgrade other things around your home. Sometimes that's what happens. The municipality doesn't want to grant permits unless electrical is updated or, you know, plumbing is updated. Is the plumbing line, uh, the fresh water line, is it a um, uh, half inch or, or what, right? So these are things that, uh, that are important right now. Now, that being said, there are going to be things that you will not be able to get a permit for. Uh, things like uh, illegal suites in municipalities where they may not be allowed. 
uh, or in cases where they are in areas that were never meant for uh, livability. For instance, places with very low ceiling heights, you know, sub building standard uh, uh, areas and things like that. So these are all things to consider. Uh, and again, just wrapping up my conversation with you here today, uh, folks, permits or, non, or not permits, of course, always best to have permits. Um, however, you can still buy a house that doesn't have permits. I don't know if that's something you'll want to do. I mean, we tell our, we give our buyers who are looking at buying a house without permits uh, every warning that we can to let them know what the potential drawbacks are. Uh, you know, for instance, in a house, uh, we had a uh, duplex a while ago in a in an older area of town, and it had a suite in it that was not permitted. And in fact, I guess a neighbor complained, and the municipality came and um, ordered that the kitchen be ripped out, right? So if that is important to have the suite revenue in order to occupy the home or keep the home, that's going to be important, right? So make sure you're buying the house for the, um, you know, for that the house is correct for the reason that you are wanting to use it for. Uh, and again, permits are important. Most municipalities, by the way, make it very easy. You can find information online about the permitting process, what is necessary, what are things that require permits. Um, because, you know, agents, we go down to the municipal halls and we ask to pull all of the permits and cards and this is great information especially when you're selling it is a selling feature to be able to have all the documents on file it's no different than when you're buying a used car folks if you're buying a classic car for instance you know you pay more for something that is fully documented right the same is true of your real estate of your home as well as a reminder folks if you would like me to chat about anything any topic that affects you right now in the real estate realm just reach out to me uh google me tony joe here in victoria tony at primeteam.ca uh or Go to the cfax1070.com website. You'll find me right there. Need to take our first break of the day here. When we come back, we'll be having a chat with the president of the Victoria Real Estate Board and my friend, Karen Denny smythe Back in a moment. You're listening to The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Thanks for coming back. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. It is a tradition on this program here in the past five years for us to have as a guest the sitting president of the victoria real estate board and i am remiss for not having sooner uh the current president uh my friend good friend for many years karen denny smythe karen thanks for joining us today good morning mr joe nice to be here good to talk to you we go way back you and i because we started in the business at about the same time right 31 years. I think That's... I was a couple of months behind you. Yeah. 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 No, I started another company. You've been, you've been with Remax Camo since day one pretty well, right? Yeah. Well, I had 10 months with Holmes Realty. I remember that. Yes. 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 Yeah. But otherwise, uh, yes. But uh, yeah. So, and you have, of course, uh, served as a director of the real estate board. Today, we're going to talk about what the real estate board does, what it's all about. Uh, you know, what's the what's the deal with being the president? You know, what does it mean, and and things like that. So we have, we got a lot of things to parse out. But let's just talk about you a little bit first. Uh, Thirty one years in the business, right? Yes. Yes. So you have seen a lot of things happen. I've been through a lot of changes. Yes, we we definitely have seen the the whole industry change. Yeah, and both you and I started when the I got should look it up. The average house price was probably like one hundred and thirty thousand or something like that. Yes, yeah. I I was saying something the other day. I remember with Dean Park in particular, you could not crack the ceiling of three hundred thousand. 
in the nineties. <laughs> that was it. You could not get anything to go above three hundred thousand. So in Dean Park, I had it. Actually, I've told this story before. <laughs> I remember at my other brokerage, the the uh, the wizards, you know, the mentors, the the you know, the old school guys had the smoking room. You know, there was a room where everyone smoked, right? Yes. Back then. Yes. And I was just, you know, a young realtor. I was sitting there one day and the conversation, they were saying, you know what? Houses in the uplands will never surpass $400,000. Right? <laughs> You'll have to excuse me a bit. I have a bit of a cold. So if I laugh, I'm going to cough. <laughs> okay. So um, seeing a lot of changes. And when we think about it too, and, and we're going to get into this other thing later about Ottawa, because you and I were in Ottawa uh, last week. Yes. Um interest rates you know talking about interest rates when we started in the 90s uh what were they they were like uh 11 11 yeah. and a half something like that yeah you get a good deal at 11 and a half percent yeah because we were coming down off the 19 percent so in the in the 80s so yeah yep yeah um i feel and and you know maybe you can back me up on this one i feel that it was hard for people to get into the market back then because we didn't have CMHC like it is now with the ability to buy with 5%. I can't remember. It was kind of complicated. You had to jump through a whole bunch of hoops. It wasn't easy to be a first-time buyer back then, even though prices were $130,000, right? Yeah, no, it was. It wasn't. Um, and I can't, as you say, Tony, I can't actually remember what CMHC regulations were back then, but there certainly wasn't that 5% down like there is now. Um, and yes, there was a lot of hoops to go through. So it was, it has seemed that it's been difficult all the way through for first time home buyers to get into certain markets. Yeah. The yeah. interesting thing that I, I do find though, is there's always this discussion about, and, and I read a headline earlier today, uh, uh, the, 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 uh, getting a first time home buyers finding their home uh falling up you know through their hands or something like that uh it's it's a headline that we've been reading for 30 years yes yeah, yeah. and we'll probably continue to read without some different types of government programs to assist them i mean there's certainly different government programs taking place in other places in the world i mean obviously i've got this very english accent and in the uk my uh, niece got into it the the government paid for the down payment oh. so the down payment was 100 percent paid for by the government as long as you stayed in the property the minute you sold the property it was it was paid back in full yeah so and and that helps because it's the down payment. I mean, a lot of people are paying obviously the same amount in mortgage, uh, sorry, in rent as they would be paying for a mortgage. So it's that getting that down payment that becomes difficult for people. It's interesting. You know, we talk about different marketplaces, and the UK is a gruesomely expensive place to be as well, right? Most places in the world are now. I mean, when you look at the statistics, I was looking at Geneva for some unknown reason the other day, and I think their their average price is two million. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So. You know, I mean, it. I guess when we look at it in terms like that, real estate in Victoria, in the Greater Victoria area, is still comparatively inexpensive, and that seems a shocking thing to say. Yeah, yeah. But on a worldwide scene, it certainly is. Well, affordability most definitely a factor. And again, I, yeah. I think we're going to talk about this a, a little bit later. Um, uh, again, you've seen ups and downs. We've been through it together, right? Uh, you did development as well too. I remember when you sold the you sold the reef a few years yes. ago, right? Two thousand and four. Yeah, and yes. that was a different time too, right? Yes, 
well we were just coming the reef was one of those projects it was perfectly timed we were just coming off a slow market mm-hmm. a very slow market you know coming out of the 90s not much going on um our membership dropped down to around 900 uh we were when you and i started believe it or not we were at 1600 tony i do remember that yeah and then it dropped down to the nine low nines and um so we were coming off a slow market that project started from the hole in the ground there and um and the market just suddenly picked up um and and away we went and everything was selling like yeah crazy and that project was sold out in around just about a year yeah and it was unique yeah. at the time it remains unique yeah. steel and concrete yeah. kind of shaped like a you know the uh shape like a ship and yeah. um uh, industrial with the exposed uh uh the pipes and everything and concrete right correct it was one of the first sort of loft style apartments in victoria yeah yeah, my goodness, time flies. So, yeah, yeah done that. Uh, yeah. Now, your job is uh, as the president of the real estate board. Because how many terms have you been through as a director now? Uh, five. Yeah, wow. Okay. Yeah. So, for our listeners, oh, all right, actually, I, we do need to step it back. What okay. is the Victoria Real Estate Board? The Victoria Real Estate Board is a board that we as realtors join. Um, to and oversees the realtors. So there's certain rules and regulations that we as realtors all follow. There is the spirit of cooperation, which we will be talking about a bit later. And that is the MLS. So Victoria Real Estate Board primarily is the provider of the MLS for the Victoria realtors. But of course, we do things like education, professional standards, lock boxes, forms. Mm-hmm. There's a variety of things that the, the real estate board provides for all realtors in Victoria and putting that forward to the community. And I, I will say, and I've said this before many times, uh, for the average realtor, you know, a realtor who's just boots on the street working with buyers or sellers, uh, their need of the real estate board is heavy because they need the services. You know, you mentioned Correct. lockbox, you mentioned, you mentioned MLS system, all of those things. It's the local, the Victoria real estate board that administers all these things. You cannot be a practicing realtor. Um, uh, you don't get access to these things if you're not a member Correct. of the real estate board, right? Well, you can't use the name realtor. Uh-huh. You could be a licensed salesperson, but you cannot be a realtor if you're not a member of the board and career. So no. correct. Yes. Just to get something out of the way, because people are often confused, they think about Realtor.ca as being in the MLS system, right? And this is something that, you know, it's it's been around for the longest time. For everyone to know, Realtor.ca is a cross-Canada platform of all the local MLS systems that uploads information so that we have access as consumers to all uh, properties across Canada. I was in Quebec City the past couple of days, and it was cool looking at you know house prices in Quebec City because you can do that in Realtor.ca, right? Yes. Yeah. But what consumers uh, are often confused with is that's not the actual MLS system. The MLS systems are controlled by each board, and we have about 82 boards across Canada. Uh, we've got eight in BC. Yeah. Yeah. And and it is the actual local board that that uh, curates all of the data. That folks, that's the reason why when you look on Realtor.ca, it's not complete information. You don't get all of the details. It's enough information for you to you know make a determination. Maybe you want to book an appointment with a realtor to have a look at a property. But the actual data is in the hands of the real estate boards, which in our case is Victoria. And uh, that is uh, that's what we're talking about today with Karen Denny Smythe. She's a realtor with Remax Camosun here in Victoria, also the president 
of the Victoria Real Estate Board. We're coming up on our next break here. Uh, listen, folks, if you want to learn more about the Real Estate Board, visit uh, it's the Victoria Real Estate Board, V-E, sorry, V-R-E-B.org, V-R-E-B.org. Uh, there's tons of other stuff you're going to learn too. Data, stats. Uh, isn't it fun reading up every month, Karen? Yeah, the stats are great. Um, <laughs> not sure I love having to be the producer of the stats every month, yeah, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> it is wonderful to have it provided for everybody. Yeah, well, it's it's important. Inf- I have to say, you yeah. know, my time in your role back in 2008 kind of got me into that, right? So Yes, it yeah, does. Very influential. Yeah. All right, need to take our break here. Back in just a moment. Now, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Thanks for coming back. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. Our show comes to you every week with the support of our show partners, Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Center's Modern Mortgage Group, J.P. Sellas, insurance advisor at Westland Insurance, the Sitka Law Group for your real estate, wills and estates, corporate and personal injury needs, and Silhouette Home Inspections with Pierre Bove. If you need help or direction in your real estate transaction or anything around your home, Give the whole Home Show team members a call. They would love to hear from you. Their information, as always, uh, is on our page, cfax1070.com. Look under shows for the whole Home Show with me, Tony Joe. All their information is there along with mine. Or you can always just reach out to me. I love hearing from you. You guys reach out to me on a weekly basis asking for connections. Uh, Happy to do so. Uh, And as a reminder, too, if you're a podcast listener, all 260 of our episodes uh, are on iTunes or Google Play. Just look up The Whole Home Show with me, Tony Joe. Having a conversation today with the president of the Victoria Real Estate Board, Karen Denny-Smythe. Karen, again, thanks for coming. Thank you for having me. We were talking about statistics, and I just want to touch on this for a moment, because before the break, we talked about the fact that Realtor.ca is not the actual MLS system. It's an aggregator of some data of all of the 82 real estate boards across the country, right? Something else that comes up, too, is, um, wow, where does the British Columbia Assessment Authority get their sales data from? And uh, people often don't realize, that's us. That's us, yes. So the the information that we collect from these sales and listings is critically important for many people. Um, Many different government authorities going right across the country, and that's why the collection of this data is so important. Excuse me. Um, So yeah, BC Assessment uses it, but there's many different levels of of banking um, across the country that uses this and relies on this for their statistics moving forward. And it's, it's crucially important that this data remains accurate. And this is the reason why the real estate board has policies and regulations. And, um, you know, there are strict rules as to how agents uh, use this information. You know, one of the things that comes up sometimes is people say, well, can't you just report this sale high so that, you know, it makes the data look good? Well, you know, that is an offense in our in our bylaws and our regulations, right? Yes. Yeah, and this this data as well is only reported as an accurate sale. It is not reported as a pending sale. Mm-hmm. So pending sale differential between that and sold is all conditions have been removed, but it hasn't transferred to the new owner. Yes. The data is only released for statistical purposes once it has been transferred to the new owner. Yeah, it is, is crucial information. And, and this is one of the reasons why over the years, even when I was, you know, in your seat, uh, 15 years ago now, I guess. I can't believe it's that long. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, every year the real estate data, somebody is trying 
to get the data or they want to yeah. scrape the data or they want to, you know, try to use it for their own economic purposes or their own business model or whatever. And the real estate board is very, very protective of it. It is. Yes. And it needs to be because this data has to remain accurate. Mm -hmm. And that's why yeah, data integrity becomes very, uh, you know, as, as Tony and I will uh, talk about, um, on a regular basis becomes a hot topic of conversation because we do need to make sure for our use um, in guiding consumers, but also for the other uh, uses as we just previously discussed, it, it just remains so critically important. And right now we are, we, we have a new policy coming into place from the Canadian Real Estate Association, which Tony and I will discuss. Well, let's talk about that now. Okay. This is, yes. Yes. It is it's called a uh, pledge of cooperation between the boards, yep. right? Yep. All right, so tell us about it. So realtor cooperation policy. So um, during COVID, uh, obviously everybody is fully aware that the market became very active and we did many things to try and make sure that buyers were able to obtain properties. And so <clears throat> what we want to do, as I keep stating, is make sure that that integrity of that data is there and available for everybody. So we want the listings and the sales to come onto the MLS so that that data is there for many purposes. Um, what we what Korea has decided to do. So this the is Canadian the Canadian the Canadian Real Estate Association. Association. Sorry. Yes, we have yeah. very many acronyms yes. in, in this industry. Um, what the Canadian Real Estate Association has done is come out with a to reinforce the realtor cooperation policy. And that is a top, hot topic of conversation right now that will come into being in January. And all listings have to be onto the MLS within 24 hours. Yeah. Oh, sorry. No, three sorry. days. Three, three days. days. 24 hours is the yeah. American one. So within within three days. All right. So some people right now might be going, well, well, what's the big deal with that? That's that that seems normal. Right. Uh, what is the alternative? People will say. And and that's when we talk about these exclusive listings, these non MLS listings. Right. Yes, correct. So we have over the years used exclusive listings for certain reasons. I mean, maybe there's a, a reason for privacy see that many reasons of privacy that people do not want to put their homes onto the MLS. This is a very small, small fragment of the population and could be used as a safer for many different reasons. But so those are exclusive listings, but we don't want those numbers to increase for any reason, because as I say, it, it, it affects the integrity of the data. Mm. Let's talk about, you know, who, what's that small percentage? Well, you know, examples come up. What happens if Michael Buble wants to sell his house? Correct. Doesn't yeah. want to be on the open, open market, you know, once it's small and quiet and whatnot. Um, the the Canadian Real Estate Association is not saying that you, that you, Karen, could not exclusively list Michael Buble's house. Correct. What they're, what they're saying is if you do list it exclusively, you can only, uh, you can't market it uh, uh, out into the general public and with all other realtors just within your own brokerage. Within my own brokerage, that's correct. Yeah. Um, and so there's other ones that, um, crime. Yeah. So if if having the house on the MLS could potentially be damaging to the person, that, you know, living in the house, those types of things are the things that we see exclusions for. Um, new construction is another one that we would see because otherwise we would have these listings sitting on the MLS for two or three years whilst the construction is undergoing. So those are excluded from that. So there are certain exemptions that are well thought through so that they don't hit the MLS until the important time. Yeah. Um, 
sometimes we will still be able to collect that data. In the case of development, we often can collect that data. Um, and there are other times where it will, and, and this can be somewhat frustrating for buyers, but it will pop into the system once the sale has completed. That data is still critically important because if you're a seller and we're using that to come up with dollar amounts to sell your home for, that's where we use that data. So even when it pops up that way, it's still useful information to have. The integrity is important. So we have been uh, alluding to th this this meeting. You and I were both in Ottawa uh, yeah. last week. Uh, yeah. you, you as the president of the Real Estate Board, uh, myself as a member of the Federal Affairs Committee for the Canadian Real Estate Association. So, uh, you know, I had a job to do there as well. And Thank yes, you for doing the, that. Yes. Thank you. And uh, this uh, was a, you know, was a big topic. Um, something that is very abundantly clear to me is that the issues that this pledge is meant to fix we are less exposed to here in british columbia because as many people will know or perhaps know uh as of june 2018 here in british columbia agents are no longer to do no longer able to dual represent so they can't represent both the buyer and the seller right correct um, in Ontario, especially when the market was hot, there's lots of examples where uh, uh, an agent has a property for sale and um, my buyer, for instance, would say, hey, uh, I'm interested in your house. And the agent would say, don't call Tony or don't call Karen. Just come to me directly. Right. Uh, it's not listed on MLS. It's an exclusive listing. Um, uh, and, you know, consumers generally think, well, this is an opportunity for a deal. This is great because, you know, another agent is not involved. What it does not cover, though, is the fact that that buyer is unrepresented. They're not be, they're not getting representation. Obviously, the listing agent is looking out for the best interests of the seller. So they're they're walking into the lion's den is what it is without representation. And, and also potentially for the seller. So we have the, the issue for the seller side of things as well. So the buyer doesn't get their own representation. And maybe the seller doesn't get that increased level of activity that would happen if it went on to the MLS and everybody was aware of it. So for both sides of the equation, there is a downside. Um, of course, when we're in the one seat, you know, as consumers, we tend to think we've got the ideal position, but but as I say, you always need to look at the, the bigger picture and there's definitely downsides to both sides of that equation. I'm glad you brought that up because you know what? Sometimes consumers think that we are leaning towards one side or the other, but as a professional industry, we take uh, we, we take care of both sides, buyers and sellers, right? Correct, yeah. correct. Yeah. We need to take our last break of the day here. We're having a conversation with Karen Denny smyth She is the president of the Victoria Real Estate Board. Uh, we'll be back in just a moment. This is The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Thanks for coming back. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. We're having a conversation today with Karen Denny smyth She is the president of the Victoria Real Estate Board uh, here, uh, also a uh, long-term realtor, 31 years in the business. Hey, I get to say that because I'm with you. Yeah, I we're, know. We're, we're, both, <laughs> we're both the golden oldies, right? Yes. Um, and she has been a yeah 31 year uh, agent here at Remax Camosun uh, in Victoria. Again, Karen, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. We were having a conversation earlier about what the real estate board does. Oh, and something that we didn't talk about was the specific numbers because you reminded us that when we started in 1991, which by the way was a busy market, you remember that? Yes. Yeah. Not on market. Yeah, and it yeah. rates right up there along with 2021 as far as transactions and stuff, right? Yeah. It's amazing uh, the relativity of markets. You know, 
and we'll we'll talk about this with what's happened now, you know, coming off the, the lower interest rates to the higher interest rates. But sorry, I cut you off. No, no, no. It's just so, so true, right? So we started at 16. Uh, we were down to 900 at some point. We I believe we hit 1800 or something or whatever. No, we hit, we just hit over 16 again. So we're back up to our highest point again. I think we're just below 16 right now. But yes, we, yeah. so we went to 1603. I do want to say something because people often say, oh, my goodness, there's so many realtors out there in, in Victoria and, and, and all that. Uh, I think I, I feel you will attest to this as well, too. It's interesting because I always find that we're working with the same 200 or 300 people. Correct. Yes. So regardless of if it's 900 or if it's 1600, it's just an industry that, you know, supports doing the occasional little bit of business or, or whatever. So there's people out there that, you know, they go at their own pace. Um, and then there's others like us that are just, you know, busy with each other. Right. Yeah. 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 yeah, no, it's a good it's a good industry for that. So people can work exactly as you say, Tony, at their own pace. They don't all have to be mega producing realtors. Um, mm -hmm. You know, if you come into the industry and you just you just need to do a certain thing, you can. So it's 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 a good profession for that. Uh, something else that you touched on really lightly when we started was talking about uh, professional standards. And I think it's important for consumers to know uh, there is a means if they were unhappy with their transaction or with their agent. Let's talk about pro the professional standards committee for a moment. Okay. What does somebody do if, if they're unhappy with the realtor? So you would phone, hopefully you'd have a conversation with the realtor first and see whether there is a solution with your own agents. After that, you would speak to either their managing broker or you would go to the real estate board and the real, through the real estate board, there is a mechanism um, for complaints to be looked at and dealt with. We also have a regulator, um, British Columbia Financial Services Authority. Sorry, BCFSA. it's another acronym. Yeah, yeah. Um, and um, so there are several routes that you can go to if you are not happy with the service provided to by your agent. For listeners to know, the real estate board does not have the power to take away a realtor's license. Correct. All they can do is uh, suspend services, right, uh, and and discipline them. You know, find them, uh, stuff like that. It's uh, edu the provide education. Yeah, they have to take courses to make up for Correct. their, you know. Yeah. Yes. Um, but if you are wondering, how do we get this, you know, how do we get this realtor's license taken away? It's not the real estate board. It's not the brokerage. Uh, it is, as Karen said, BCFSA, the British Columbia Financial Services Authority, which is our regulator. So it's the superintendent, the regulator that that gives the licenses and has the power to take them away too. Correct. Yes. And I have to say, uh, I think both you and I will agree uh, BCFSA has been increasing their, uh, well, they're definitely increased their fines. Yes. Um, so the, it's serious business now. Um, well, and I think, I think uh, even at board level, it is taken very seriously. I mean, professionalism is taken very seriously in the industry and the people in the professional standards committee take it very, very seriously. There is a investigative process and the realtors go through that process. And then it is talked around by a table and decided based on the regulations. And as Tony says, we don't deal with monetary issues and we don't deal with licensing issues, We but we deal with everything else. And if it's financial or if it's licensing, then that goes forward to the to our regulator. But it is something that is very seriously taken within the industry. Yeah. 
because something maybe that consumers don't know is the one thing that we as licensees, yeah, sure, a, mo a monetary fine would be bad or, you know, losing a license would be bad. But the worst thing is having your name on, a, on yeah. a disciplinary action letter that goes out to the entire membership yeah. that talks about what you did and, and all that kind of stuff. That's yeah. that's the thing that uh, <laughs> keeps and, me on the and, straight and narrow, right? And one of the reasons for doing that as well, it's not only to sort of shame the agent, but it's also a learning yeah. tool for, for other agents so that you can see what happened and why it was incorrect. So it's also a learning tool for everybody else. And that's one of the primary reasons that we we put the letter out as well so that everybody does know and learn. Let's talk about the fun stuff, though, because there's also a committee at the Real Estate Board that takes um, some money from the dues collected and puts it out in the community. Correct. Yes. So last year was a great one because we um, it was our 100th year. So we came into being in 1921, the Real Estate Board. And um, so last year we celebrated our 100th year, which was wonderful. And we gave 125000 to Habitat for Humanity. Yeah. Um, but every year we donate funds. We have a committee, our Community Relations Committee, who look at people, put in applications, and the applications are looked at, and then funds are distributed to those areas we obviously try and focus on things around housing as we are realtors. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's the primary sort of area, but it can be many different areas. But as I say, for the hundredth year, we chose Habitat. Yeah. So there's lots of fun stuff and, you know, kudos to the real estate community. I mean, this is one of the reasons why I, I love being one is the real estate community in general is very generous out there uh, in the very. community, but we do it in a very quiet way. It's not like there's a lot of, you know, horn tooting and stuff. Hoopla. like that. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot goes on. I mean, all through the community, throughout our community, throughout all of the real estate communities, um, yeah. there's, a, there's a lot of giving back. It is. And, you know, something that, that I do bring up every once in a while is as realtors, we are ideally suited for community support because we don't have a nine to five job stuck at a desk. We are typically connectors. We know a lot of people connect people together. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, we don't just sell houses. We sell community. So we, yeah. we're really well positioned for, for this kind of community. Absolutely. Work. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Okay. So we talked about the Real Estate Board. What it's all about, 100th anniversary. Thanks for reminding me about that. Yeah. Real Estate Board, very important. There's two real estate boards in uh, on Vancouver Island, by the way, folks. There's Victoria, which is basically Malahat South. And then Malahat, all, all the rest of the communities is the Vancouver Island Real Estate Board based out of Nanaimo. Yeah. And we do share the same MLS system, which is great because we have uh, the same data. Um, but Vancouver Island has the same, you know, committees that uh, Karen's talked about. It's a serious business here, folks. You know, yeah. the, it um, uh, it is a profession, and uh, it's really important that all levels of our industry maintain maintain this level of professionalism because uh, it's all about consumer protection, right, Karen? And one of the committees is government relations uh -huh. as well. So we interact on both municipally, federally, and provincially. So there is a committee that deals with that, and um, as Tony. Tony has mentioned he's part of that in in Ottawa, but we have a provincial organization as well that deals with it. And uh, at, at a more local level, we as the board through the Government Relations Committee tries to deal with the municipalities and have ongoing conversations with municipalities. Yeah. So many different aspects to the industry. Not just selling houses. Not just selling houses. No, <laughs> trying, to, Our... trying to deal with affordability. <laughs> Because that is important too, and, and thanks for bringing that up. People, people often say, "Oh, the real estate community, you drove our house prices up," and you know we've said so many times, "Hey, please give me a hundred houses at three hundred thousand dollars. I yes. would triple my business." Yes. 
I yes. could help so many more people. We too would love some affordable housing. Yeah. Right. Well, and it um, comes back to supply. Yeah. So we're on the supply issue. And that's one of the, the mantras of the real estate board over the last few years has been supply, supply, supply. The right supply, of course, needs to be testified to here. It's not just any supply. We need we need rental housing, we need social housing, we need market housing, and we need specific types of housing within the market housing. So to drive two can't even talk now. <laughs> Duplexes, triplexes, fourplexes, those sorts of things are important now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it is kind of nice that we're seeing more of that in the community because you know the sort of nineties that was flat for that. Remember, we were building all yeah. those four-story wood frame buildings. Maybe yeah. not the best choice at the time, right? Yes. Well, maybe the best choice at the time, but not the best choice now. Right? Yeah, I think you got to look move sort of forward. We've got the millennia, which is the largest population segment coming into the market. Yeah. Um, and there's more of those coming in every year than people downsizing and leaving single-family homes every year. So. Yeah. We do have a supply issue. And that could be seen during COVID. No kidding. Yeah. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, because yeah. we didn't need foreigners. We didn't yeah. need foreign buyers to drive up nope. prices. Canadians did that fine just themselves, right? Yes. I mean, we were 80% local yeah. Greater Victoria buyers over the last two years. Yeah. And People... and foreign buyers made up less than 1% of our market. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny because people will say they'll go, well, of course, that's the stats you real estate board people have. Well, you know who I ask? I ask the lawyers. I ask Gurpreet, our show sponsor. You know, she's a lawyer. They yeah. do the closings. How many foreign uh, buyers or, or oh, none? Like never. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so statistics, though, and, and this is where we're going to uh, kind of wrap up today. Hey, thanks again for your time, Karen. It's no. been fun. Most welcome. Great to talk to you. Yeah. Um, the Real Estate Board, we talked before about the MLS information. We are the keepers of, uh, the Real Estate Board is the keepers of that information on MLS. Other things that the board does, though, is they do reporting, monthly reporting. Yep. Yeah. We do. So, so what can people find when they go to uh, vreb.org? You can find all of the statistics, so sales, which in which area, um, price points, whether they've gone up, gone down. And again, in, in each area, so if it's single family homes, lands, it's all broken down for you. And that comes out every month, mm -hmm. um, usually on the first of the month, or the if that's on the weekend, closest, closest to the first of the month. And those stats are there and available for you through the Real Estate Board. By the way, I remain perpetually pleased that the board, our board puts it out the first of the month. Most other boards like Toronto, it's like the eighth or the ninth of the month. Yeah, we we do it, as I say, the first day, first weekday after the first of the month, our stats are there and ready. So it's a crazy morning getting <laughs> yes. everything ready. So we have to wait for that that data from because obviously it goes to the 31st. So we have to wait for that data yeah. um, to be uh to come in and then we we have the letter ready with what we want to say about what's happened during that month as well where the market's up or down and, yeah. and why and this is the thing and i want to finish our, our last minute here together um forecasting you know people say well what's going to happen it's always about data and information and seeing the trends and what's happening and it, it all comes down to the source of the information that's the real estate board right yeah yeah, yeah. and as for what's happening we can only sort of vaguely look into it as, as much as anyone else i will say the crystal ball is very cloudy <laughs> uh you know because we, we we would never have forecast what happened in 2020 for instance so yeah. when things like that happen it, it sort of throws your forecasting out of whack and you have to adjust quickly yeah <clears throat> 
no kidding. Well, Karen, again, thanks for uh, thanks for coming and joining us. The president of the Victoria Real Estate Board, Karen Denny Smythe, uh, also a, a realtor with Remax Camosun, um, licensed here in Victoria for thirty one years. Thanks for joining us, Karen. Thank you very much, Tony, for having me. And to the rest of our listeners, we'll be here for you this time next week. <laughs>